This spot is brought to you by Eaton Vance, the symbol of advanced investing. What's inside your ETF? With Eaton Vance High Yield ETF, you know. Inside, you'll find smart bond selection from a specialized team with deep fixed income expertise. Get to know what's inside EVHY, the symbol of high yield done right, at eatonvance.com slash symbols. Before investing, prospective investors should carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. The current prospectus contains this and other information and is available at eatonvance.com. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Not FDIC insured. Offer no bank guarantee. May lose value. Not insured by any federal government agency. Not a deposit. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC. The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Reuters News. So they've had these very sort of low yields. They call them cap rates. It's sort of the the industry term for the yield and the rent of the properties. They have these very low cap rates. And then all of a sudden, this very high funding issue. And that has caused like an inversion in the market that hasn't happened since Lehman Brothers, whereby in a lot of these sectors, you're getting lower yields on rent than the cost of borrowing. And this is a huge problem. Storm clouds are gathering over the commercial property sector. Higher interest rates are making the offices and shopping malls less appealing. And if landlords can't manage to finance the debt or raise rents, defaults will follow. The looming crisis in the sector is the focus of this week's Views Room. Welcome back to the Views Room, the podcast from Reuters Breaking Views, where columnists from around the world talk about the big stories of the week. I'm your host, Amy Donlan. The real estate market of shopping malls and office blocks is straining in a world of higher interest rates. For prospective buyers of property, higher rent is a must-have to make up for the inflated cost of borrowing. But when companies are considering culling space as they embrace hybrid working, that may not be so easy. Here to talk to me about this evolving situation is Lauren Silva-Lochten, US editor of Breaking Views, who has been delving into this topic. You are very welcome back, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. So, I mean, you wrote this big feature, which was great and kind of like basically went really dug into this this topic. I mean, as I said, there's a lot of concern about commercial property, which, as I said, is shopping malls, big office blocks in New York and all over the world, which I guess makes sense because you've had the issues of Silicon Valley Bank in the US, the forced merger of UBS and Credit Suisse. And whenever there's concerns about banks, commercial property is usually not far behind. So I just I guess maybe, Lauren, what is what is going on at the moment? Like, why did you start looking at this market now? So it's funny. I think there was something about like muscle memory for those of us who have gone through who went through the financial crisis, like you said, Silicon Valley Bank went under and then all of a sudden we thought about commercial property. And that's because of what happened with Lehman Brothers when it went under way back, uh, you know, 15, 16, 17 years ago, whatever it was, it was Part of the problem was a company called Archstone, um, which Lehman had helped facilitate the sale and ended up with a big chunk of Archstone's debt on its balance sheet. And that was also a commercial property deal. And it was part of what took Lehman under. So so people started looking around saying, like, okay, where are the pockets here? And what's going to happen to commercial real estate? Um, and and um, And I think people are still kind of concerned that that's going to be a longer term trigger for some bank distress in the United States. 
So, I mean, if you're thinking about this market now, right, so this is this is obviously very different from the last financial crisis because what you have now is inflation, right? And that is what the central banks are, are sort of tackling. And so interest rates are going up, which is sort of bad news, right, for commercial property because it means that basically the cost of borrowing, if they're refinancing any kind of debt, that's more expensive now. And so I guess the rent that they need to kind of cover all that has to go up too. And I was just wondering, Lauren, can you tell me a little bit about that? Like what has... What does the impact of higher interest rates like have on this market like that, that you could kind of see or or is likely to happen? Yeah, so there's two sort of issues going on in the real estate market right now. One is a, a cyclical issue. And then when you sort of delve uh, deeper into the various sectors, there's also um, a secular issue. So the cyclical issue is, like you say, um, one that has to do with interest rates. There was there was high inflation in the United States, and that caused the Fed to raise interest rates. And they raised rates very rapidly. So all of a sudden, the cost of borrowing, which you know people who buy real estate do a lot of funding those, uh, those purchases with debt, the cost of borrowing went up. There's also been this sort of longer term trend in the industry um, as a result of interest rates becoming so low that the yield that they're getting on the property, so those rents have come down. People were willing to take lower rents because they could have fun, they could fund those purchase, uh, purchases with lower cost of debt. So they've had these very sort of low yields. They call them cap rates. It's sort of the, the industry term for the yield and the rent of the property. So they have these very low cap rates. And then all of a sudden, this very high funding issue. Um, and that has caused like an inversion in the market that hasn't happened since Lehman Brothers, whereby in a lot of these sectors, you're getting lower yields on rent than the cost of borrowing. And this is a huge problem, right? Because when you go to buy a property, you don't want to like be shelling out more money to interest than you're actually taking in on the rent. So if you go around and ask people who own these properties, a lot of them will say, well, rents are going to rise because, you know, there's still all sorts of, you know, uh, pressures on the real estate market. And so we see rents going up and some of them are right. For example, like in single family housing um, in the United States, there's been really low growth in new homes coming on the market and their rents are going up and they're probably right that their rents are going to start to rise and that's going to compensate for this rising cost of debt. But that's not the case in every sector. And this is where these sort of big secular issues come into play. If you look at the office sector, for example, um, as we know, people in big cities like San Francisco and New York and some others are not going into the office. And this has had compression on rents, and it's going to have compression on rents for years to come. There's lots of long-term real estate owners who are looking at their properties saying, this is not good. This is a huge problem. These, pro these properties are going to have compressed rents for long periods of time. Um, and so those are the issues where you're going to be like taking yields on properties that go down to 3%. Meanwhile, these properties have to be refinanced, and they're going to be refinanced at 6 7%, some of them, maybe even higher than that. And um, and so the cost of these properties, the sort of the ultimate outcome of these is that the actual valuation of these properties plummets. Um, and I think, and those, and I, yeah, no, I was just going to say, I think that that's so interesting because, as you said, like the last financial crisis, there was obviously like redundancies, you know, there were bankruptcies of businesses. But I think one thing that's really interesting, particularly about the office sector and I think retail as well, is that there are changes in the sort this sort these markets like people working remotely. And unless you have this 
global push to get everybody back into the office five days a week, which when you talk to, you know, company owners, they don't really want to do that because, you know, property is one of their biggest costs. And if they can kind of hot desk and sort of, you know, massage that a bit, they bring down a big cost of theirs. So there isn't, there isn't, I can't imagine there's the same sort of demand that you would have seen before for lots of space. That's true. And I think in some of these markets, people have fled, you know, if you look at San Francisco, so even if there are companies in San Francisco who managed to get some of their employees back five days a week, there are just fewer people there to work. Um, and something like 60% um, of the loans on office properties in San Francisco are in distressed territory. It's quite a bit. So even if the market comes back somewhat, you're still looking at a huge, uh, you know, sort of reckoning of that pro- of that property market. And you have this number as well in your piece, Lauren, that you talk about the actual the debt that's kind of coming up, the looming refinancing debt that's coming up, which is a significant number. I mean, what happens to that, as you say, if you're refinancing something that you were paying 3% on before and then it goes up to, to 6 or 7% and you can't get that rent, you can't raise the rent on the, on the companies because they say, well, actually, we were kind of thinking of kind of pulling back. Actually, we were actually going to cut down our space. So no, we don't want to take that rent increase. We'll we'll cut down our space instead. So the ultimate sort of outcome to this is banks will say, all right, but that that property has fallen from you know hundred million dollars in value to fifty million dollars in value. I mean, it's a very low numbers, but I'm just using them as an example. So you know, we're going to lend you thirty, and and you know, you still have to pay back the previous loan. So you have to going to have to reach into your own pocket and pay out that loan or the keys are going to be handed over to the bank. Th- those are the only two options. So, I mean, I guess the the if you were a property owner, I guess what you're really hoping, right, is that interest rates stop going up and even are cut back, yeah. right? <laughs> right. So this is the worst part of sort of the cycle, is that if you look back in previous cycles, the Fed's answer to every crisis is lowering interest rates. That's what they do. And this, over many cycles, has saved the real estate market. That is not going to happen in this cycle because of inflation and rates are not going to come down. At best, they're going to stay where they are. And so the real estate market cannot depend on the Fed to bail it out. And I mean, are you seeing this in the like the share prices of the property owners? Because something that I had really been noticing over the past like month was that you were seeing office owners and you know retail owners like Unibuy, Redamco and Klepier, their shares were coming down like eight or nine percent in a day. I mean, are you seeing that in the U.S. as well? Yes, I think you are. But, you know, and real estate is always very closely tied to interest rates just because of this calculation. I mean, that's just the way that the property sector moves. But I think one thing that's a little bit tricky um, when you're talking to real estate investors and property owners is that there's still this like equilibrium, finding equilibrium that's trying to happen um, both in office, in apartment, and malls. It's like, you know, people can't really figure out what this new normal is. And even you know, if you take New York City, for example, a lot of people are talking about changing office space to apartments. We've had this strange dynamic, um, which actually I think you've written about, Amy, that where people are coming back, coming back to live in cities, but they don't want to go into the office, right? So rents are super high. For apartments, office space is really low, um, and people just can't really like figure out where that's all going to settle. And so you see a lot of, so some big fluctuations in these stock prices because people just don't really know. I think that's so interesting. Yeah, when I I did look at that space, 
what I was seeing and what I was hearing from a lot of people who are, you know, renting out these apartments is one of the big things that people want is they want like a second bedroom to use as an office, which they never were seeing before the pandemic. People were happy to live in kind of tiny apartments in cities mm-hmm. with the idea that they were going to be out enjoying the the city and working in an office. And they didn't we weren't going to spend a lot of time in their apartment, which, again, I think is sort of an interesting dynamic that has changed. I think I think you're right. I think commercial, residential, it's all just sort of in flux at the moment. But very interesting, very interesting to watch. So um, yeah, thank you, Lauren, so much for that. I, I really appreciate your time. And well, I'm sure we'll be watching this market very closely. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast was produced by Oliver Tashlich in London. Subscribe to The Views Room and our sister podcast, The Exchange, on Acast, Megaphone, or wherever you like to listen. Check out our latest views on these stories and many others at breakingviews.com and on Twitter, where our handle is at breakingviews. I'm Kim Vanell. Join me every morning for a roundup of what's happening at home and around the world. From the front line in Ukraine. Extraordinary how these people adjust and uh, even laugh when you take cover to the heart of U.S. politics. When Trump said that he expected to be arrested, it seems like he was trying to get ahead of the story. We bring you everything you need to know in 10 minutes. For your essential daily briefing, follow Reuters World News wherever you get your podcasts. This spot is brought to you by Eaton Vance, the symbol of advanced investing. What's inside your ETF? With Eaton Vance High Yield ETF, you know. Inside, you'll find smart bond selection from a specialized team with deep fixed income expertise. Get to know what's inside EVHY, the symbol of high yield done right, at eatonvance.com slash symbols. Before investing, prospective investors should carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. The current prospectus contains this and other information and is available at eatonvance.com. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Not FDIC insured. Offer no bank guarantee. May lose value. Not insured by any federal government agency. Not a deposit. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC.